0: You know, have you noticed Christmas time is just full of wonder? You ever noticed that? I love it. I love I love all the music. I love the decorations. I was introduced to some new music this last week. I had no idea Justin Bieber had a uh, Christmas album. How many how many else who who else is that a surprise to? Anybody? Just me. Had no idea. And it's old. It was when he was a little kid, but there's a lot of music out there. I love it. And I love that. I love the decorations. I love seeing that. My favorite, though, I'll be honest, is the lights. I love Christmas lights. I've always have. I've just loved it. As a little kid, they fascinated me. And um, even, even seeing the lights on stage, I just, I just see it, and something in me gets excited. I love taking my dog for walks, and we walk through the neighborhood at night, and sometimes we'll do another a whole other block just to see what other lights there are there. And it's funny seeing what things you know get the dogs to do. This, there was a, uh, last night there was a, uh, it was a large snowman that was not keeping up with the air. It, you know all these inflatable things now? So it kept going up and down like one of those, you know, those advertisement things. And the dog just kept looking like, what? And I said, I don't know. It just makes me smile. I love it. I love the, I love the simple lights. Some people do kind of a simple thing. I love, I love the, um, the, the little white ones. I love the colored ones. And then um, some people really go crazy. Have you noticed that? And then some, a lot of people, at least in my, in my neighborhood, a lot of people are paying, paying somebody to do them. You know, they're like perfectly straight, which is nice. It's fine. This one house, though, they're completely out of control. And uh, it's really nice. I mean, it's, it's not inappropriate or anything. It's just it's just so many lights. I mean, it, they even have like a runway down the sidewalk with, with, red, uh, with, with red lights. And then uh, their lights actually go all the way into the backyard. Because there's a point where you're standing on one side of the house... You're like, oh my gosh, that goes over the fence and they've lit up like the kids play things. And then on the other side, you could see the same thing. I literally walked around the box so I could see their yard from the other side. I didn't think it'd be appropriate to go in the yard and look over the fence. I'm not above that. I just didn't do it this time. It's funny too, because there's no way the next door neighbor could compete. There's just no way. I mean, they would have to spend a lot of money to get even close. And thank God it's LED. Can you imagine that electrical meter if it was regular lights back in the day? Just be spinning. So the neighbor, it's pretty funny. What they've done is they have this little sign. It's about the size of this. It's like one of those lawn signs. And it, all, it, all it does, what they did is they lit up a pile of lights and then there's an arrow that says ditto to that house. <laughs> it's just funny. And I don't blame them, honestly. There's no way. Because even if you did a nice lighting job it would look ridiculous next to this other house i'm just saying i i feel for them i you know how it is with neighbors sometimes but you notice how the whole world celebrates christmas though everybody even if they don't believe in jesus they still celebrate christmas and it it's funny because they may not want to say merry christmas you notice that trend is still around and so what's funny is (laughs) the thing about it is i kind of get it because you know what christmas means right Merry Christmas, because it comes from the old, it, a lot of these are compound words. It's, it's basically a mass, which is a church service that celebrates Christ, is what it is. It's, it's, it's literally Merry Enjoyable Celebration of Jesus Church Service. That's what Christmas means, Merry Christmas. So, of course, I get it, I get it. You don't want to say that, okay, because it's got Christ in the name, right? You can't say that because you don't believe it in him. I mean, they might say it as a curse, but they don't want to say, you know, Jesus' birthday. I get it. And then I've heard this a lot this year where that people argue about when he was born, like if this is even the day. And it's comical a little bit because there is no reputable historian in the world who doubts Jesus was born. There's no doubt. We know he was born. There's so much historical evidence. There's actually more historical evidence for him than a lot of super famous people in history. I mean, they all know he was born 2,000 years ago, right around the year zero, right? And somebody was asking me today, but was it actually on zero? Well, the calendars have changed. (laughs) I don't know if you're all aware of this. I mean, there was a Julian calendar, then the Gregorian. I mean, yeah, so it's probably more around 4 or 5 BC. But regardless, everybody knows he was born, no question, in Bethlehem, which is in Israel. We know that. And... There is also no doubt about his exceptional life. There's, there's just no doubt. Historians know. Because there's so many records about his teaching and his miracles, his death on a Roman cross. And then they also acknowledge the fact that his followers claimed that he rose from the dead and appeared to 500 of them after he rose from the dead. It's attested, of course, in the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, which are unassailable historical accounts, eyewitness accounts. But also in over 10 outside-the-Bible accounts. Written by historians that are both Roman and Jewish. I mean, people like Tacitus, you've probably heard some of these names. Pliny the Younger, Suetonius, probably never heard of Mara Serapion, but he's also a famous Roman historian. That was even mentioned in the Jewish Talmud and Josephus. No question about it. So they may point out, well, but it's not his birthday. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's comical to me because... People in those days didn't really celebrate birthdays like we do today. We do that all the time, right? We take our 21st century experiences and try to overlay them on Scripture, and then we say, hey, this doesn't do what we do. Well, guess what? They didn't do that. They didn't have birthday cakes. It wasn't like that. It just wasn't the same thing. Plus, plus they had a lot more going on than we, for, we forget about that. Because what did the early church do? They thought he was coming back like, right away. And so they had more urgent things to do than to think about when Jesus was born. The fact is, they were trying to tell everybody, hey, there's good news. The, the Savior of the world came, and he rose from the dead, and there's, there's salvation in him. And there's, They had a lot of other things to talk about. Like, all of a sudden, you can have freedom from sin and a direct relationship with God himself. And way more important things than, was it December 25th? Sorry, that just wasn't up there at the point. It wasn't until years later, they're like, hey, let's celebrate when he came. Because when he came is a big deal. I mean, we know where he came, but when? There's, there's some confusion. People aren't sure. Like, was it winter? Well, maybe. I mean, if, if if Mary got pregnant in March, and you do the math, it would have been somewhere in December. I mean, some people are like, well, it couldn't have been because it says that the shepherds were out watching their sheep, and they probably wouldn't have done that if it wasn't summer. Well, okay, but the fact is, Bethlehem is six miles from Jerusalem. They had to always be providing lambs for sacrifice The thing is, that wouldn't necessarily apply to Bethlehem. They'd be out with their sheep all the time. Plus, it's not that cold. It's like San Diego weather. I mean, it's not like here, which is what we do, right? They couldn't have been out there in December. It might be snow. Well, there is snow in Israel, but it's on Mount Hebron. It's not typically on the fields. So, sorry, but we just don't know. That's not even the point. I mean, it's not even the point. We're celebrating that he came. So the day itself isn't really even an issue to me. The fact is, we're celebrating the incarnation. Are you familiar with that word? Incarnation? What it means is that God became man. That's why they called him Emmanuel. God is with us now. He's not far away. He's not on some other planet or way out in space. He's here. He entered the creation that he created. The point is that he came. We can celebrate him all year long if we want. And I'm fine with that. Because I've had people say, we should do Christmas every day. Like, yeah, let's do that. I'm good. I'm down. What's funny, though, is the believers they still get to celebrate him. Isn't it funny? Because even if you don't want to say Merry Christmas and all you say is Happy Holidays. Now, I've done this, and I don't, I don't want to be a pain most of the time. But I have done this. But I, I don't do this on a regular basis. But sometimes I'm like, well, what holiday do you mean? And people, it's funny because people are like, "Well, Christmas, like, okay, just checking because Happy Holidays." I mean, I know there's other holy days, holy days. You know that's what holiday means, right? Holy day. So it's okay. You can do that. We can all celebrate, and I get it. But back to this, the season is full of wonder because of Christmas. Christmas is the wonder that happened during this season. The wonder that God himself would make himself man to be able to relate to us, to save us, be the appropriate sacrifice, and to save us. That is wonderful. It's because of Christmas that we have this. So what is it all about, though? Have you wondered? The gift-giving, the cheer, the goodwill. Everybody feels it and senses it. Last week, we, we talked about this Christmas time as a Christmas invasion and what I did is I took you guys to a a quote from C.S. Lewis out of mere Christianity let's take a look at it it's a civil war there's a rebellion going on and we're living in a part of the universe occupied by the rebel which would be the enemy enemy occupied territory that is what this world is and Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed you might say landed in disguise and is calling us to take part in a great campaign of sabotage I love that The king who's come is Jesus, and the fact that he landed is Christmas, and he landed in disguise like a little helpless human baby. I love that, and he's behind enemy lines, just popped into this world, and then we join him in a campaign of sabotage. It is wonderful. It's wonderful, and I love it at this time of year to remind people about the wonder. It's funny because at times it seems like Christmas is is taken up with other things, but But Christmas keeps sinking in and people keep hearing about the wonder. And they still might miss it. And you have the opportunity to share that with them. And I know people have different views on social media. But one of the things I like to do with social media is to put something on that catches somebody's eye and hopefully something that could encourage them or challenge them or get them to think or inspire them. Something that's thought-provoking. So especially at this time of year, I keep putting on these quotations about Christmas, and what I thought I would do with you guys for a minute is just share some of those. And then later we'll look at the Christmas story a little bit more, but here's the problem. Not everybody understands the wonder. Not everybody does. Some people choose to close themselves to it. Now That doesn't mean they won't participate in anything Christmas. It just means, but for whatever reason, they don't like the story, and they don't want to hear about it. And I think part of it is some people, they just want to deny the event happened. Because really, if it happened, then you've got to come to terms with what that means that it happened. And the fact is, you might have to change something in your life or give up some control because the king of the universe literally came on Christmas. And if that's true, then maybe we can muddy that and and overwhelm it with other things. Some people have other legitimate reasons. Maybe they're hurt. And not, not everybody, but maybe this has been you at one point in your life where you just kind of want to hold on to the hurt a little bit for now. And that victimhood status gives you some kind of a sense of, I don't know, but they're hurt. Some people are angry. Maybe they're angry at the church or angry at family. So the idea of the wonder of Christmas, they're just not having it right now. Okay. Some people, I, I believe, are just ignorant. And I don't mean that in a super pejorative way. It's just some people don't know. It's hard to imagine, right? But some people don't know. All they know is, is, is maybe Santa, and, and they don't realize that that's a real guy. I mean, St. Nicholas really existed. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that story today, but it's, he's real. But maybe they don't know the story. They don't understand the whole dropping behind enemy lines and the enemy they don't understand the part about creation that God created the world good and paradise is a real thing but then paradise was lost because humans sinned and we separated it and that goodness was was ruined by our rebellion and then God in his goodness even though he sees it he provides for redemption that's christmas that's the story and he sends Jesus himself and he comes to restore that relationship that's the whole idea of the incarnation, that just, no, just not anybody could have done it. It had to be God and man. It had to be the God-man Jesus. And because of the incarnation, it makes it possible to then reclaim Eden. And we can have that not only that restoration, but then we join forces with him to help spread that restoration and that redemption to the whole world. But what about the wonder? Can we just celebrate it for a minute and what God has done? I just want to share with you some of these quotes that I just find such fascination in. And they, they just give little glimpses into the wonder of it all. You may not know this, but, but uh, J.R.R. R. Tolkien, the author of... Uh, what's he the author of? <laughs> Lord of the, I need you know that. Uh, Lord of the Rings. He was also a Christian. That's, and if you look at Lord of the Rings, you can see the Christ story and redemption in that, in that whole movie series. It's all in there. He said this at one point. He said the birth of Christ is the eucatastrophe of man's history. He invented a word. He added an EU before catastrophe. And what he meant by that is he he went further even. He said the incarnation of Christ is the eucatastrophe of human history and the resurrection is the eucatastrophe of the incarnation. What he said is this. The eucatastrophe is a sudden turn of events he, he created a new word. What he did is he, he, he had catastrophe, but then something changes it that surprises everything. And the world is going in a certain direction, and then something happens that makes it all of a sudden good. The catastrophe doesn't happen, and we get saved. That's what the incarnation is. And then the resurrection, obviously, is the, the salvation, the change that interrupted the doom of death. I love that. The beauty of Christmas, here's another quote, is that we never need be alone. When it says God is with us, it doesn't just mean that God invaded and is with humanity. He's with you personally. I love that. This one sounds kind of corny, but it's so packed with meaning. Mary wrapped the first Christmas present. I don't know why some of these choked me up. I just immediately thought of her wrapping up the baby Jesus. It's like a present for all humanity. She wrapped the first Christmas present. I put this online the other day. You don't think you matter to God? Well, a baby in a manger proves otherwise. The idea that God would send his son from glory down to, down to a manger. Christmas began in the heart of God, but it's only complete when it reaches the heart of man. This is St. Augustine. He lived, he lived in the 4th century. A uh, great Christian author. He said this, realize that it was God who was born and you will not be surprised at a virgin giving birth some people struggle with that idea i'm going to talk about that in a minute but the the thing they struggle with is the fact that god does miracles and if he does miracles then that was not hard to accept baby jesus in a manger reminds us that we often miss god's presence in the world because his greatness is regularly hidden in simplicity think about this for a minute the wise men searched for him they went to, to jerusalem thinking they'd find him there Who they found there was the fake king, Herod. And then he didn't know where to find him, so he went to the religious rulers who said he would be born in Bethlehem. That's six miles from Jerusalem. And they didn't bother to go look. They missed him. It's Jesus' birthday, but we get the presents. And by presents, I mean presence, his presence. Christmas is everything God would do and nothing we would imagine him doing. Someone said this last week to me, and and I apologize. It might have been Greg Smith. He's a clever dude with words, but I don't remember who said this. His first cry tore the silence. Think of the baby Jesus crying. His second cry tore the veil on the cross. And his next cry will tear the skies when he comes again. (laughs) This is from Augustine again. He cried in a manger in wordless infancy. He, the word, without which all human eloquence is mute. I mean, some of these things you could just think about for days, right? He's infinite and infant. Oh, the wonder of Christmas. The son of God, this is C.S. Lewis, the son of God became man to enable men to become sons of God. It doesn't end. This, this is crazy. And here's Augustine again. He was created from a mother whom he created he was carried by hands that he formed. All of these, just, they just blow my mind. It's so beautiful. The story's so huge. But again, no, not everybody wonders at it like we do. Not everybody understands it. And so sometimes they they don't get it. I had someone ask me a few weeks ago. It's a true story. They said, why would God ruin a young girl's life like that? I was taken aback. I was. Part of me was offended for For him, for the story, for Christmas, why would you how could you think it ruined her life and they said, well- what, what was she like fourteen I mean, she was a teenager, she had all these dreams, she was engaged, and it just it destroyed her life. I was stunned, and I was like, well, um, well, okay, and then they said, you know just it's just weird, I mean God making her pregnant like that like, hmm, okay." They don't get the wonder. Other people have said this, that it's just stolen myths from other cultures. The, the truth is, though, other cultures, it didn't work this way. And the Greeks had weird things with gods and women, but it wasn't like this. It wasn't truly virgin. And the fact is, in, in Jewish thought, this was unheard of for God to become man. But there were prophecies. 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah says this. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. It was there. They knew that. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, re- believe me, if you don't want to see the wonder, God allows you to not see it. You can't. He's not going to force this on you. So some people have said, well, the word they use in that verse, it's actually young girl, not virgin. Well, yeah, that's 700 years ago in Hebrew. The truth is they did have a word for virgin, but it was usually applied to an old maid, right? They wouldn't usually apply that to a young girl because a young girl would be a virgin. And and what's also true is the Jews who translated the Hebrew into Greek in the first century BC, the Bible that most of Jesus' followers would have been using was in Greek, and they translated it virgin. They knew exactly what it meant. you got to look to the original hearers. But I I, I would have to be um, lying to you if I didn't tell you that I keep thinking about what that person said to me. Ruined her life. So I started just reading the story over and over and over. Did it ruin her life, or was it a story of wonder and redemption God with us Emmanuel if we took a look at the the, um, Luke's version what's beautiful about Luke's version is this Luke was a historian a first-rate historian he's judged that by secular sources everybody we know that he went and researched this so the story we're going to see here likely came from Mary herself the other ones are beautiful, and they would have been kind of a secondhand hearing, but Luke went and interviewed. So I want you to think about this. This is Mary. So if you're going to wonder if it ruined her life, you'd want to hear the story from Mary. This is it. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which is her cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. Now you might wonder, why would he say a village in Galilee? Well, the reason was because it was a pretty obscure village. And people reading his account may not know where it is. So he's just filling in details like every good historian would do. And he says, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and he said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. She was engaged. She had to wonder, uh, how's Joseph going to understand this? He was a descendant of King David and she was too, actually. Through a different line. It was going to change everything. But ruin her life. Ruin her life. Here's how she responded. Confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid Mary. The angel told her. For you have found favor with God. Then he tells her. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. He will be very great. And will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. (laughs) I'm sorry, ruin her life. I guarantee you, every Jewish mother wanted to be the mother of the king. And I guarantee you, every single one was waiting for the restoration of the kingdom of David. That was a big deal. And you might wonder, though, why was it even necessary? Well, it was necessary because a few things. Number one, to fulfill prophecy. And number two, like I talked about, he had to be God and man. It had to be this way. But ruin her life? No, I don't think so. Because, in fact, as, as this whole thing came about, she realizes, I'm going to be mother of the Messiah? Oh, my goodness. I'm sure she was overwhelmed. I'm sure there was a lot of questions. But the fact is, these this would have been... The, the King David would have been the glory days of Israel. It would have been the time when Israel was most famous, most wealthy, most powerful, actually feared among other nations, secure. And the name, the name Jesus, it doesn't explain it here, it does in the in the book of Matthew, but the name means the Lord saves. You may not be familiar with this because that name in is in Greek, Jesus. Do you know what the name is in Hebrew? Joshua, another savior of the, Isra- of the Israeli people. The fact is, when she heard that name, she knew what that meant. A lot of times, a lot of us don't even think about what our names mean. Do you ever think about that? It's different. And in Scripture, those names are powerful and have deep meanings. Jesus' name himself illustrated his destiny in life. She knew what that meant. She would have understood. One of the the phrases there that is probably the most profound is this. He says, you have found favor with God. You ever thought about that? How did a normal Jew gain favor with God? The fact is, they would have had to follow all the Ten Commandments and sacrifice for every sin that they committed. And what the Jews had done is they wanted to make sure they covered all of them. So they, they clarified all those rules up to the point where there were 635 laws. They never knew if they had favor. But she was proclaimed to have had favor. I don't know. I think when she heard that, her heart was full because she knew that she had favor. But she still had questions, right? Fair enough. She had questions. How is it going to work? Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. So anybody who doubts that, I mean, it's, it's all over the place. The angel replies, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. He will be holy He will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of the Lord will never fail. Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her. If I could have the pianist come and join me up here. Supernatural birth was required. You know why? Because sin is serious. Sin is serious. Now we live in a world today where we try to excuse sin or make it as if it's not serious, but it was serious. The sacrifice for sin, for it to be for everybody, had to be supernatural. It had to be that way. And what I love about this, the supernatural birth was confirmed by a supernatural birth of cousin Elizabeth, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, You have the natural side, the the descendant of King David, which was prophesied. Then you have the supernatural side. 100% man, 100% God. Here's the truth of the matter. That's the only formula that could save us from our sin. Yeah, you know what, though? Let's be fair. It's a supernatural event. It is different, weird, odd. It had to be that way. He's the only one who could live a sin, sinless life and then be the actual sacrifice for the rest of us and our sin. Otherwise, it wouldn't have qualified. He's the only one who could do that. He wasn't dying for his own sins, he died for ours. And all of that is not only prefigured in the, in the prophecies leading up to his birth, but the fact is, it's the only way it could be. I don't know. I think about the wonder of that. Mary's life wasn't ruined. I'm sure she was overwhelmed by the wonder. Another verse says that she just she held all these things in her heart. She just wondered. She bore the Christ child. She bore the Son of God. She had a first row seat to the most amazing events in all of history. She had a first row seat to the redemption of all humanity. And she responded with an obedience and wonder that was completely different than the way Eve responded. You ever thought about that? Eve questioned and doubted God. And then Mary accepted and was obedient. It righted all the wrongs of history. Mary responds with these words. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. As we walk into this Christmas season, I want that to be my response. Do you think Mary had it all figured out? I don't know about you, I, I don't either. I know God has plans and designs. I know he wants to redeem humanity. I don't know how all that happens. I know I have this incredible sense that God is preparing a harvest like we have not seen in our generation. I just have that sense that he is calling people to himself and that he is bringing people in. And, you know, here in America, we may see it one way, but around the world, people are coming to Christ by the thousands and thousands. I pray for that here as well. And I pray that we as a church are ready for that, that we personally are ready for that. That's why I want us to invest next year in in more connect groups where people are meeting in homes and inviting people into this relationship with Christ in a personal way. I want us to be ready as a church so that we have the capacity to help people come to know Christ. I don't know. I feel like God is doing something in our time that is different than anything that we have seen. I want to be ready for that. I want to be able to say, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be as you've said. I'm going to ask you to do something that's, we do in these crowds like this a lot where I just ask you to shut your eyes. And the reason I do it is just so you feel like you're alone in a room full of people. So you're alone, maybe away from distractions of the person next to you or anything else going on. That you alone, that you can think about this and consider what God is doing. I think the first thing is this. I'm going to ask those of you who are already Christ followers. Are you sharing in the wonder during the season? Are there things that maybe have interrupted the wonder for you? Maybe it's something going on in your family or something in your own heart. or Maybe there's something that has kept you from really being being appreciative of all that God has done. I'm going to ask you to do something because I believe it's God's will for your life. And that is for you to forgive if there needs to be forgiveness for you to clear up those things if that's what needs to happen so you can fully engage and say i am the lord's servant i know that there's some of you who you you have family members maybe or friends or people that you work with or people that you know who desperately need to know jesus and for whatever reason you you have held off maybe inviting them to church or telling them about your experience with christ And I feel like God is calling each of us to share that with as many people as we can. We don't know. We're not promised tomorrow. We have no idea what's next. But I do know this. I know that the king of the universe has dropped in behind enemy lines in disguise and he has created this rebellion which we call Christianity. And it's literally taking over the world. And he's asking each of us to be a part of it. And what that might mean is for you to take this this little card... Off of a seat, maybe take 10 or 20 of them. We have some out at the information desk. I mean, not the desk, but we have them in different places in the lobby. But There's a lot on these seats today. And maybe it means you just do the simple thing of opening your mouth and inviting someone to come to church. We've tried to make it as easy as possible. Maybe it's coming to see the kids sing, or maybe the fact that we'll have special music and dancing in the service. But they will hear the gospel. You do your part, let God do his. And I want to remind you of this, still with your eyes closed, but I'm just asking you this question here. You realize that God's heart and desire is for everyone to come to know him, even more than you. So whoever it is that you're praying for, whoever it is when I described that came to your mind, the fact is God is pursuing them even more than you can imagine. And we are just a part of it. The saving is what he does. We just are, are faithful and open our mouths. So I'm just curious, anybody here, you're already a Christian. I'm just asking if you've struggled with the wonder and you just want us to pray with you about that today for whatever reason, anybody at all like that, you've just been struggling this season. Would you raise your hand real quick? A lot of hands. I appreciate the honesty. It can be tough for a lot of reasons. I'm gonna ask another question though and I always wanna be faithful to do this. I wonder if there's anybody in this room You've never actually committed your life to Christ. You've never opened your life to him. You've never said, yes, I believe. But today, that's changed. And you want to start a life with him. If that's you, we have a Bible. We have a simple booklet that explains first steps. Anybody like that, that you just raise your hand and say, yes, I want to start following Jesus today. Anybody at all. If you just raise your hand, we'll pray with you. I'll be patient. This is the biggest decision of your entire existence. All right. Well, let's do this. Would you stand with me? We have some people who are ready and willing to pray with you. And I want to give you a moment to respond. If anybody needs prayer, they would like prayer for anything. It can be something personal, something general. You don't even have to actually tell them what it is you just tell them you need prayer and they will pray so if you're here to help us pray if you'd come down and then if you would like prayer for anything anything at all we want to pray with you so i want to give you a moment to do that if you need prayer for anything if you just step out it can be physical it can be emotional spiritual can be even as what we've talked about here today, that maybe the wonder of Christmas just hasn't felt like it should. And you just want prayer for that. Whatever it is, if you would just step out and we can pray with you in this moment. Father, we come before you today and I'm overwhelmed by the wonder of Christmas. I'm overwhelmed by the fact that you, the King of the universe, would leave everything and give up everything everything to be one of us to to be one of us in the middle of our our failures in the middle of our pain in the middle of our world where you experienced life just like us and you did that to redeem us and we're grateful for that Lord God we want to give you our lives today every part of it I pray father for those who've been struggling with the wonder that you would just restore that whatever the reason is if it's family or if it's finances or if it's just wear and tear in the busyness of this season, God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would change all of that for them today. Father, I pray then you would help us as we join you in this rebellion and we join you and we, we share the wonder with everybody that we come in contact with. Father, I, give, I pray you would give us the opportunities and the words to say. And I pray you would give us the boldness if it means just handing them this little card or anything else. God, I pray that you would motivate us and give us the opportunities and then that you give us the boldness to follow through on that in the name of Jesus, I pray. We pray these things in your son's name when you thank you for that. Amen. Amen. I want to say God bless you today. Please feel free to grab as many of these cards as you like. And again, they they will direct you to the entire rest of the year schedule, but it will give you an opportunity to invite someone to church. God bless you today.